0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about tar spot. In our spotlight, we'll look at some on-planter seed treatment technology. Ag history minute, we'll talk about the 1970 corn epidemic. And we'll wrap things up with some cool beans, and that's corny. So with me today are Max Garvey.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Todd Schomberg. Hey, all the tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Uh, missing Bill. I almost called you Bill Schomburg. Todd. Sorry. Bill's, <laughs> can, Bill's on his way to I'll Tulsa. sub for
2: Bill and myself. Okay, uh, you'll, you'll do I both? Can, yeah. Do I have to do the what did you do thing? I you, hope so. Yes. Yes, you do. We're not
0: doing... You applied what? So it'll be okay. All right. So Brew Crew Hi. in the playoffs. It's October, which means baseball playoffs every year. Are you
2: guys excited? Max doesn't look very excited.
1: I'm all right.
0: Well, so far we just had a couple playing games, and was the I'm trying to remember who won those. (laughs) The Yankees 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 lost, lost and uh, Cardinals lost to the Dodgers. Dodgers. This is cool. That was a walk
2: off. Walk off to win.
1: The Yankees was the Yankees, and was pretty sad. Yeah, paying Garrett Cole three hundred million dollars and. He got taken out two and a third. I think. Wow, wow! Can't
2: pay a guy that on much a, more. on a playing game too. You're 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 holding. You're well, putting whole, everybody the in. The whole
1: reason that he's there is for that one game, and couldn't do it. Oh, he got shelled.
2: Do you guys like the one game series, or do you yeah, think it should be it. three? I love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know reason to drag it out. I mean, it's right. Like you <laughs> had all season to get into the playoffs, and if you're yeah. you're at that point. Yeah, one and done, it's fine. And
1: and it's not like it's a one-game, like, directly off a five-game homestand or something, like, where you can't have your ace ready. Like, you know, like, if your ace isn't ready to go, that's on you. It's not like you didn't have the opportunity. So the best, you should be able to put your best team on the field that day. And realistically, if you think you have to, if, you know, like for the Brewers, like, if you have to put in another one of your starters halfway through the fourth inning to get through to guarantee yourself, then that's what you do because not, there's nothing to save it for. Either win that game or you're done. So.
2: It is cool in baseball to have a one-game. Like, even in basketball, it would be cool to have a one-game series. We have
1: the playing in game for I mean, the NCAA tournament. Th- those, yeah.
2: but those are one-and-done, all those games, which make them really cool, too. Yeah.
0: Right, you're not playing series, yeah. you're just playing, yeah.
2: And that NFL playoffs, that's why they're so awesome, too, is just, like, you lose, you're done. You go yep.
1: home. The entire college football season, if you lose, you're done. Yeah, right. The <laughs> so, yeah. whole season, yeah. Like, if you lose a game in the regular season, you're probably <laughs> not going to make the playoffs. So, All right,
2: I so for a Max or Domus, do we got any Brewer predictions? Uh, How far are we going? What's the...
1: We're not going to make it to the World Series.
2: Well, I was hoping you'd say something good, but nah,
1: we're not going to make it to the World Series. We're going to play hard. We're going to play deep, but we're not going to make. Can we World
2: beat Series. the Giants? He's <laughs> he thinking, even he's know thinking that. too long about wow. that. I don't know. There's I just, just no faith. I
1: think we're going to be better than we were against the Cardinals. Obviously, like everybody's a little nervous. Like, ooh, we really got smoked the last.
2: They had nothing to play for yeah. the last right yeah, two weeks, so, so that, that makes, makes it. That. And they beat hard. the Cardinals before that, so. right?
1: I think we're going to be better than that, but. I have a hard time believing we're going to be all that fantastic.
2: Oh, I think this team's got like the second best ERA in the league to the Dodgers, so I think we'll be able to get by the Giants, and then it's going to be. Yeah, I, it's think, we'll, be I think we'll tough.
1: probably beat the Giants. Lose to lose the Dodgers.
2: Um, hold on, hold on, hold on! I got to myself the the it's, it's the Braves we're playing, not the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So Dodgers play Giants. So. That'll be an all-out brawl. So hopefully they beat each other up bad enough, and then whichever team we get out of those, we can we can be. It's all about he, who gets on fire. I think somebody
1: Yelich plays better.
0: I we'll hope so. Yeah,
1: that's the. I think he's going to play better, and it's not going to be enough, and that's going to be the part that's hard to swallow. Because all of a sudden we're going to be like, man, he is uh, he is something. So and and Hater will have a a clutch like. A couple innings and it'll be really fun. And I think it'll be really fun. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't see us in the world series for some reason. I just can't imagine it. But the Bucks, as much as I believed in the Bucks, it was hard to believe until it was actually happening. So, and even now, like they started preseason and they said, your NBA champion, Milwaukee bucks will play. I don't remember who they played the other night, but it was just, it's surreal. I don't know. So I guess until the brewers do it, I'm not going to, the Brewers have disappointed me my entire life. So <laughs> Yeah, I was just to say
2: we have never seen the Brewers or before now the Bucks actually get that far. So was
1: it NLCS when the Brewers lost to the Cardinals in like two thousand Yeah,
0: it was 10? a few years ago, yeah. And then 10, the Dodgers years, where we lost That was last two years ago. Two two years Three, ago was the Dodgers yeah. and then
1: But when, we, remember, when Prince Fielder was playing, I was in like Prince Fielder middle school, fifth grade, and they lost the Dodgers in the NLCS and I remember that. Or not the Dodgers to the Cardinals.
0: Like I'm trying to remember because I remember watching that game. Like the, we're at the Stoneyard in Appleton watching, but I don't. Uh, or in Darboy, sorry, not Appleton.
1: It's also it doesn't exist anymore. So
0: that's good because it was bad luck was, for sports. Yeah, well, not as bad as Greenville,
1: but well, not that Correct. it doesn't exist. It's just they don't. They went out of business. The building yeah. is still there.
0: It's it's okay. It didn't make it as a coach's corner, and then it didn't. It was a stone yard, and it was like coaches the worst corners. The, Their fish wasn't very good. The worst of all coaches the stone yards. Remember, all, like the sweatshirts they'd give. Yeah, or something? I had a coach's yeah. corner. Yeah, if you shirt. bought like a twenty dollars sweatshirt or something, you could be in the coaches' club. or What something was yeah. the club? I don't know. I just had you just sweatshirt. got a sweatshirt. It was a sweatshirt, and <laughs> I think, you think you like got you got got <laughs> maybe you got a discount or like something or a punch card. Punch I don't know.
2: Or, yeah. yeah, we just start the tilth club. Get a sweatshirt.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people who ask when they're gonna get some Tiltronomy. Some,
2: some swag. Yeah. We will get it on the website.
1: <laughs> we give it out. Uh, we give it out at the forage council meetings. It's in our basket usually at the forage council meetings. Yeah, get,
2: go bid. That's a good idea. Yeah,
1: I get hat, usually throw a hat or two in there. Some pads, papers. Sweatshirts so
2: are hard because you don't know what size do you put a usually an XL. Uh, yeah, yeah, say say XL. XL. Yeah,
0: it's always easier to wear something that's too. Especially big. a hoodie For most sweatshirt too is, but yeah, yeah, you want it big. You don't want. Yeah, you don't want a small. small. One. You might small. have to wear a couple layers underneath it. Yeah, never know. All right, well, that was obviously not the predictions I think Todd was expecting out of. I am I just so, don't have it for I'm you. I am just gonna wish Max is wrong now. That's fine. I
1: just like I just don't have it for you. I hope it happens, but I just don't. I don't see it.
0: Well, hopefully the Brewers are listening, and now they play despite yeah. Max. Yes, so that's fine. Play Let despite me.
1: Win the World Series despite <laughs> me, or. Er,
0: Craig Council's rolling in his grave. Yeah, it's it's gray. gray, He's that.
2: (laughs) I know, he's not dead. Okay. It'd be cool to win it for Uke. Like, for bobby yeah. because yeah, even he the, doesn't have too many uh no like the, more years two of the left. bucks announcers like the radio guy and the tv guy retired after they yeah i think if we that did, was the like, mic drop for him like yep, yeah done. like we if, won if, if the brewers and, won the world series this year i think eager like, would be done oh i don't I, think he'd come back i mean he might come well even now he's not doing full seasons he's doing like yeah, he's, yeah, he i mean not even few. half
1: i don't think well, he well did even when this he year. does games he doesn't do the whole game and right well they he does like the first two innings and then he comes back to the last two like, is that how it is? okay yeah our last one I don't would, we
0: don't need him to be like Tony Bennett where he doesn't remember what team he's calling for anymore
2: <laughs> you know that's pretty think of how much like I like Al Michaels on TV he he to and I love Al Michaels from his how good he used to be, but he is not good anymore. And Euchre has not lost a beat with that. Like, he is still. Yeah, but Euchre's
1: really a funny old man where when he does lose it, it's just funny. You yeah. Like, oh, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, goofball. Yeah. Well, he's
0: 87. What do you expect? Yeah.
1: Wow. Because I have heard him call some games where I'm like, is he drunk? Is he drunk? And I think he's just.
2: Who's the Cubs guy at the end? That, Harry
0: Carey? Harry Carey, yeah. Cubs win!
1: Cubs win!
0: Yeah. Will Farrell did an amazing Yeah, he Harry did. You're
1: right. But even if the Brewers lose, we still got the Packers. So I mean, that and the Packers, you know, doing some good things.
0: Yeah, no, they've been they're on their uh, third straight win after the Steelers. So. I'm
1: a big fan of the pickup this week. I'm I'm all about it. So Yeah,
0: getting Mike McCarthy's leftovers. I mean, if Mike McCarthy doesn't win, they're probably pretty good. Yeah, That's, I guess <laughs> the way I look at it. Okay. So
1: well, if Jalen Smith can be just as good as Devontae Campbell, which Bill, you know, on paper, he should be able to well, be as good as Devondre Campbell. I'll take that. I'll take another one of that guy all day. Yeah, like, not no doubt. So I'm, I'm all for it. As the less Ty Summers on the field, the better. <laughs> and I, I really want to be a Ty Summers fan, but I can't. He's so bad. He's so bad. So I'm, uh, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we'll see how he fits in. I mean, it'd be nice to keep up improving the defense. They've been doing better i would say we're just trying overall. to get through
2: the injury bug this year we haven't yeah. had that the last
0: two years so now ah, we get it every year yeah. but i mean, don't think about it as much when it's happening but well, every but year we seem I to agree, lose guys for a few games last
2: year though in general we were very healthy yeah, which yeah was, we did stay healthy. i mean last year. like was a benefit that you can't overlook that all of right. a sudden, there's years where just guys are hurt a lot. I was
1: cool when Kevin King had a sore hamstring and wasn't playing. Like <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, injury bug." And now it's not as cool. No. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Right.
0: defensively, we're we were pretty good. Our offensive line, we're getting is Jenkins back. Yeah, so he should what, come back.
1: What's really tough is when you think basically the Packers have six like all-star players. All right. Four out right. of six are hurt. Hurt. Right now. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So J- that's majorly really- Alton Jenkins, and Bakhtiari are all hurt. All hurt. Yeah. And that uh, that's no doubt in my mind. Those are the, and then you throw in Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, those are the best six players on the team, and it's not close. So uh, maybe Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark might be a cornerstone guy. But, but we should get Alton Jenkins back. My question is, you got to keep Yash Neidjeman on the field, right?
2: That guy has been a beast, yeah. Do you
1: kick him over to right tackle and push Billy Turner down to right guard and let him play where he's supposed to? I know we're getting really deep into. I, anytime you
2: let them like guys play where they're supposed to, though, is usually a good idea. Because
1: Bray right, Turner so. is a guard; he is not a tackle; he is a guard. But we haven't playing tackle because he's one of the best offensive linemen we have, so he's playing tackle. Well, let's let Yash Nijman. Has he just? Has he been? I mean, he played against T.J. Watt and uh, Joey Bosa and gave up zero mm-hmm. quarterback pressures.
2: They were. The tight end was helping him a lot. They were doing
0: special things to help him, but, but you don't, he don't think did every look,
1: team has got. Their tight end well, help. Right, and you and, well, and well, they, they, they were play,
0: playing three tight ends though at some points to help with blocking. Sure, but also if you're
2: on the defensive side, you know they're aiming for that one guy, right? So, you know, I'm sure they were running two two man stunts at him and all kinds of stuff, and he still seemed to and, to do okay. And so. you can
1: say they were helping him all you want. The Packers gave up two sacks in two weeks to the two best passers yeah, in the league. Very good like, yeah, two Yeah, I I'll take that all day. So. That I don't was know. it.
0: Was one of the things um, I to remember now. It was the Monday night game? I think because with the Manning, they've been doing the Manning, Manning thing, casting, yeah, and Rogers had that one throw he threaded in there. And I think they had for some reason it was both Mannings, and then like was it Brett Favre or somebody else yep. with them? Yep. And like, as soon as they they're like talking, and all of a sudden, like ne- like threads a needle, gets it right in there, and ah. Look at that! That throw, <laughs> and then they like just stop. And they that's, just right. They're, they're just, in uh, awe. three. And, they're well, fire was initially in, in awe, but because <laughs> it's fire, the one
1: when he threw it into uh, like into the elbow of Robert Robert Tunyon.
2: Yeah, yep. That is pretty cool. Like right. three uh, I, Eli, I wouldn't call superstar. He was still, he's still he's he still a Bowls. super Bowls. Too, yeah. yeah. He had a Super Bowl, yeah. He but. But still, the, to, for them to be in awe of that is even different than in yeah. all of us sitting here.
0: So it's just kind of cool to see that even in double coverage situations and stuff like that, you can yeah, and then, the, then the next still play, thread that needle. The
1: next, the next offensive series. I'm sitting on the couch eating chips, going, "Ah, this guy sucks. <laughs> what are we doing? This guy sucks. What was that?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, anyway,
0: all right, get ready to talk some tire spot.
1: Unfortunately, yes, I am ready.
0: Yeah, so we saw it rear its ugly head uh, up in this neck of the woods a little later, but I know some. Luckily later. Yeah. And luckily a lot goes
2: for corn silage. That also helps us a tremendous amount that we harvest it before the wheels can just
0: totally fall off sometimes. But to the south, they had some potential yield loss due to tar spot. So Todd, what do we got for tar spot this week? today we're going to talk about
2: sort of some of the background of it and then really what I want to focus on is what to do if you have tar spot in a field what you should do with that field for next year and how you plan going forward because we can't really change if you already got it or what happened this year but going forward if we don't start making some changes um, this this tar spot's going to keep rearing its ugly head and it seems like certain areas just got hammered with it this year where you know literally you're reading articles that say the the wheels fell off the bus on hybrids um, talking in the 40 to 80 bushel yield loss ranges on fields. And I would call it to the point of, of an epidemic problem where, where it's something that we got to, you know, start to really, really watch and keep our eyes up for how to, how to help it. One thing that really bugged me this year was in some of our plots, I had Derek, you know, watching for tar spot, our tilt research guy. And, We graded a lot of them and, you know, looked at varietal differences. And one of them that I'm thinking, we had 30 different varieties replicated four times. And basically, if tar spot was there, they all had it. It, Some two of the 30 were sort of not as bad as the rest. So what is interesting is I I think we've got some, you know, some hybrids are going to do better for sure. There's a genetic thing going on. But in general... Um, certain certain hybrids got hammered, but if it was present, they all had some can, of it.
1: Can you think, go through all your fields in your head? Can you think of a field that you have not seen tar spot in? I, yeah,
2: there's yeah, some that, there's have still that don't some. have it. I, I, don't think, I, no, I, I don't think I have one. I think some of that could be also corn that's been weakened and it came in very late or it, it's right, just it's a not different. all devastating. Right. I don't
1: think I can think of a field that doesn't have it at some point.
2: At certain amount. No, I, like Matt said, well, there is still some out there and that's what we'll get into later, is, as you're combining corn, you know, you need to be kind of watching for that. Like, is this just dead or did it does it have tar spot there or not? Do
1: you remember where we were at with water hemp? probably three yeah, right. or four years ago? That's where we're at with tar spot like right now. Like
2: Do, don't bring up that, like because 'cause you're right. You're a hundred percent right All these is, this things go in cycles. Like
1: yeah. this isn't new. If this is the western
2: think. bean cutworm, the water hemp,
0: the you at least, know at, at least with water hemp though, we had a strategy that we knew we could we, we could we start to did do. It, did, well, we did we did though it the yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I, not the first two years, but I'm which, just putting myself in my shoes like four years ago and I feel like I'm in at the same sort of feeling of like is, do we you know, here's our plan going in, but to, is it going to work? And do we really know? Do we have all to, the tools? to, to right. do it? You
0: knew. You knew though that you could, you could do something. Whereas yes. with tar spot, even well, with fields with fungicide can get it. So is it really? You know.
1: To, to me, where this is year one of tar spot, like actually, for us because it, this is the first year where it's like, okay, we really do have this in more than one farm, more than one field, more than it. This is the first year we truly are having to face the reality of tar spot last year could you find some sure but did you find a ton
2: no and and max you're right is for so for this area in the midwest it was first spotted in 2015 so that's when it kind of started i first remember seeing about 2018 or 2019 and matt remember we'd see it in um irrigation Pivot yep. tracks, so like where the pivot would knock over corn. corn Damage, right? It's already weakened. Yeah, where it's weakened, that's where we. That's right. And then you got irrigation on top of that. So you're kind of, you got like that double whammy of that's the first spot I started seeing it, and then from there it would kind of move into the field and move to other places. And I would agree with you, Max. So this is the sort of first year where. Farmers are seeing it, and we know it's, that a problem, it's this widespread. That, yeah, widespread.
1: Yeah. I I did the uh, the harvest train with the research group last year, and we found it consistently at one farm that used irrigation, and then basically everywhere else we didn't really see it on that harvest path. So that's not. It's a smaller sample size, but it kind of follows a pattern that I see in the field too. Where this year. It didn't matter if you had irrigation or not it was it was there
2: so some background tar spotted it it is a relatively new disease to the u.s So like we said in 2015 is kind of when it was first um spotted and there's a lot of theories of how it got to the united states and nobody really knows one of the i would call it prevailing theory is that a tropical storm from the gulf of mexico in 2015 deposited windblown spores in northern Illinois and northern Indiana, so a tropical storm brought it up, which is plausible. Um, there's, you know, other theories of how it could have gotten here, and maybe it was brought here or something like that. But it it was a disease that is in you know it's new to us, but it's native to Central America and it has been there for hundred years and is a major problem there. Um, so that's one interesting thing: is it's not new at all. You know, in that way. And obviously, a lot of these things aren't usually like new, something you never heard of, but um, it's really new to the Midwest. And it's um, the fungus is called, and Matt, you're probably better at this one. but it's Philocora matis, is the Latin name of the fungus. And what one thing I want to tell you guys that's interesting is you brought up water hemp, Max, and what's water hemp's big brother that always seems to come after?
1: Amaranth. Yeah, palmer Amaranth.
2: amaranth. Well, so one thing about tar spot is we just gave this Phycora matis. So that's one of the fungal pathogens that causes it. But in Central America, actually the one that actually causes the more yield damage is that one opens up and creates tar spot. But there's another tar spot that comes in after it. That's worse that we have not gotten in and maybe this year is the year we actually have it because of how much the we're
1: seeing tar spot Delta variant but yes it's
2: <laughs> like the the you know Palmer amaranth to water hemp of like there is a potential where we're gonna get this next one that's even worse um, so that's something even more scary to think about is like we we maybe haven't seen the worst yet because of that so um a lot of the yeah like it says there's Forms a complex of two other pathogens, and like I said, neither of those have seen in the U.S. yet. So hopefully, we can keep those out of here and just kind of have our problems with the ViCorumidus one that we've seen here. So it usually, what is good about this disease is it's very. Besides the first time I've have gotten a mix up with fly poop. Well, yeah, it does I mean, kind of look, like look like that. But if.
0: If you get that many flies pooping on uh, that well, many plants,
2: where it was, I was like right next to a dairy or a, you know somewhere. Yeah, if it was where close to be, a set of just off buildings. The shift, building, yeah. right? Yep. That's where I'm like, oh, this is tar spot. And then, and this was years ago when it was first new. And then you you do the spit test, and you spit on it and rub it, and it wipes off. Well, then it's fly poop, and it's yeah. not, not tar spot. Um, but it, but it, what is good about this disease that way is it is very easy to spot. I mean, it's very distinct. It's not quite like. Most other diseases, it's not like some sort of chemical burn look or anything like that. Um,
0: well, but and, it's <clears throat> even you know like most diseases. Once you see it, it's too late. You know, it's correct. Not, it's not really you know we can identify it, but that doesn't mean we can. You know, there's nothing we can do once we've we've seen it in the field. Uh, you're 100
2: percent right, Matt. Of like scouting for this is still very difficult because yeah. once you see it, it's it's you.
0: Not always too late because it's, it's more. Well, you're more just recording it for next year, you
1: know, right?
2: Trying to figure and watch out, it, and, yeah, and, and do that. I think that's
0: you know a difference between weeds and and diseases. Is with weeds at least you can kind of identify them when they're young, and you still have an option to do something. Whereas most diseases when you once you see them it's already thin- it's like a white mold in beans yep. like once yep, you got exactly. white mold it's, it's too late
2: it is yep, yeah, it's there and it's there and you're done
0: and and we aren't going to get into that today but
2: there's a like there's a white mold um
1: app Sporecaster? Sporecaster. Sporecaster there app. is
2: a tar spotter app that's coming out that Damon Smith at the UW is working on that also could really that you know watches the weather and basically what that's looking at is so if tar spot could set the thermostat and what, what it thrives in is temperatures 60 to 72 degrees, um, which is actually a little cooler than I thought, but it needs a lot of humidity. So 70% average relative humidity over like a 30-day period uh, fosters disease development. And then also seven hours of leaf wetness while those conditions are met increases and the infection. So You
1: didn't just describe the weather from August 1st to September I, 20th? in that's general well, yeah that's it right see i
2: don't know if those are like high temperatures or it must be average but you're right for for wisconsin i mean we're yeah. right in that where we're the humidity and, part and, for and that's sure. why and then, for us maybe it comes on you know late well i don't know if it's any later than other places but it, it um,
0: generally seems to be later that's not something we see early season for sure it's I, typically on the later side
1: i saw the first of it uh august like third yeah it sounds about saw, right, and then yeah. i didn't see any more for a while
0: yeah, you're right. And yeah, I, I, was, I think it's mid-August when I first really started to see it. See any it more, more, yeah. more. Yeah.
2: So so that's what, you know, this, so there's an app that kind of uses that and then it'll predict your chance of getting it, which like Matt said, since we can't easily, you know, by the time you find it, it's too late. If if that were to say, you know, this is a good year to spray fungicide and you're at that tassel time, you know, you could you could do that. So, um yeah, and then what does this disease do? So you get those tar spots and then around it you get premature death of leaf tissue and basically it reduces, you know, photosynthesis ability of that plant, thus reducing, you know, grain fill and all that. And it can actually, it says the disease colonizes vascular bundles of the plant, so it can disrupt the flow of water and nutrients through the xylem phloem so
0: which makes sense why you, I, you see the yield loss right it's
2: something you don't you know usually you see like the plant you know the, the leaves dying so bad but it does get inside and mess some stuff up not what i've seen with that isn't as much as that it the net result usually is that it cannibalizes the stalk and then paves way for stalk rots to come in sure so that's one thing i've noticed with tar spot it, as well as even coming in like we we talked about earlier, the first place i saw it is on damaged plants that were irrigated is it seems to really like plants that maybe already have northern corn leaf blight you know have some burn from nitrogen have have some sort of open wound already mm-hmm. they they that's what they really seem to be our worst cases and then like it said it's not always tar spot that kind of is the the dagger that finishes off the dagger is anthracnose or other stalk rots that come in and just kind of Put it's, out.
1: A, it's an opportunistic disease. Basically, it, I, think, I think all diseases are <laughs> well, opportunistic. Yeah, they're always, always looking for a weakness. It's, to, it's, like, it's like the way AIDS works. Basically, it comes <laughs> in, it lowers the immune system of the whole okay. plant, and then the, the, you know what I mean. Like it, that's it's, it's an same, immune yeah. It's the same yeah. kind of yeah. Well, pro- yeah. It, process. I guess it
0: looks for looks for its opening and with irrigated that you know the seven hours of leaf wetness that. That happens. That fits really well right. with irrigated conditions. Right. I mean, most of the time your dews, or unless you're getting a rain, well, usually your humidity is not quite as bad during the rain, and then when it stops, you know, it might hold on to it. But irrigated, you're much more likely to have that And that's condition. why, too, maybe
2: if you've had it real bad in irrigation fields, you, you start changing where you irrigate at night or for shorter periods of time. Let you know just during the day. Let that plant get dry, mm-hmm. you know, so that it can hopefully not have that just perfect conditions for the disease. Um, there is a, and I don't even know what the stand IPM PIPE um, IPM pipe yeah, but it's basically like a spot where you can report diseases, and there's all kinds of different um, locations, and that's where I got where it shows where tar spot is and basically so far i mean it you just pretty much all uh, you know most of illinois indiana corner of ohio all of iowa minnesota in general wasn't as and like the dakotas aren't you know don't seem to be knocking yeah, those guys
0: southeast minnesota yeah
2: all of you know most of the corn part of wisconsin not northern wisconsin and then same with michigan and then, um, it looks like Ontario, too. Part looks like, yeah, of the Canadians got
0: it up there in Ontario. Yeah, eight. they got
2: it. A. And then a little bit in Pennsylvania, and a little bit in Florida and Alabama. So, but, I mean, just the epicenter is the, the I states.
0: Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, the the spore blowing up from the Gulf makes makes sense because, you, you know, it is such a, it hit kind of spread out from an epicenter in the Midwest, but you don't see it really in, in other, like Texas has corn. There's other states that have corn that you just don't see it in. And you wonder if those states are are dry, you know, I'd say dry heat,
2: that kind of stuff that it just isn't quite as, yeah, as humid as we can get up here. And like you say, even where it shows in Florida, that gets quite humid. I would think it'd be a little hot for that disease, but it's not, it's not throughout those states either. So that's a background of disease and really what we want to focus on is like what to do about it when you see it and how we're going to go forward next year what make a game plan um and what what to do about next year so as you're combining fields as you chop fields if you've seen some fields that like just tanked in moisture early on probably had that disease in them holding them back um so how are we going to manage that disease going forward one good thing about it, if you did take it for corn silage or chop it is the first thing to do is manage residue well a lot of that you just... You took it off the field. You took it off. You right. so, managed the residue. Yes. So that'll help, you know, just in our corn silage acres in general is that we're managing that residue that does have it. We're, we're, we're usually chopping it too before it does become really bad because then it's too dry to take for corn silage anyway. So usually that kind of helps us in our area. Uh, but if it is corn grain, you know, it does... Tar spot will overwinter in the residue. With all these things, we're still we still don't know a lot about how it overwinters because it was in central america where it can overwinter and we didn't have a like a winter like we do in wisconsin right they don't get the frost and the right but so far what we know is it it can overwinter and so what you want to consider do is is burying it with tillage basically to kind of encourage the decomposition decomposition and reduce the inoculum level
0: the last winter was a really mild winter so it may explain why it was only a little bit sporadic last year, and maybe we did get more in the residue this year than we, was, was it then able we to n- go. typically would just yeah. because of how... Really we,
1: mild winter with consistent snow cover. Right. Right. Because we didn't have...
0: that back to... We had almost everything survive as far as cover crops and everything else, so it would make sense that the spores would have a pretty good opportunity to survive last winter.
2: The next thing to do is rotate... Um, that's probably the easiest because in general, we we thought this year we were finding it on um, sorghum, but then we learned it, it's a different type of tar spot. Yeah, it's a different. It's like a bicolored something. Strain. Yeah, um, but in general, it, you know, it won't affect soybeans, won't affect alfalfa, winter wheat. So, one idea too, especially if you have a lot of it, is is to rotate. Um, and we don't know yet how many years it takes to reduce the inoculum. Um, so that's one thing that you know is it. One year, will it reduce enough? Is it going to take three years of a rotation? Um,
0: that's a, that's one thing we just don't know yet. Well, that's half the battle right there. Is, as we keep talking about this, and we'll keep pointing this out, but it is like year one for a lot of guys, and we, we just don't know a whole lot about the disease yet because we haven't had enough experience with it.
2: The kind of number third thing is um, avoid highly susceptible hy- hybrids. And I thought that was worded interesting or thinking about that is like it wasn't like pick hybrids that are highly resistant, it's avoid the bad ones. And one that because I don't think we know yet as much as we need to on that side of it. Um, that one's been slightly frustrating to me, is and I get it, it's going to take the seed companies time to catch up, but man, we need them all hands on deck trying to figure out. Um, I, I went through. I don't remember any in 2021 seed guides giving a tar spot rating. Um, Do you guys remember any that? Not that I
0: can think of off the top of my head, no. So
2: I went through, um, looked, Max had a couple seed guides, um, and then I kind of Googled a bunch to see if I could find 2022 if they'd have ratings. And the only one I did find that had a rating was NK um, or Syngenta. So there is a tar spot rating. It's not for all of them but at least they have a spot in the book. And I would say they got a rating on, it was probably 60, 80% of the hybrids had a rating, um, which I think is great. I mean, I that's one spot that as you're picking out corn hybrids this fall, you got to ask your seed salesman to say, because th- what they said last year was, well, we don't know yet. We don't have the ratings and we don't want to put something out preliminary. And, you know, just it pretty much... Coincides with Stay Green is what I heard a couple of them say. Well, it it it's different than that. I mean, it, that Stay Green can help. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's a different thing than being truly resistant to tar spot or not. So that's one thing that if it's not in the book, please ask for it. Please push back and say, hey, you know, I, I really want this hybrid, but what what is the rating? And just so you know what you're what you have
1: so far this fall. I think the dealers have been a little bit more. Um They have more information to go off of, I guess. So they've been a little bit like they may not be in the book, but if you ask straight up, I've been able to get answers like, no, don't. (laughs) This one is not the one.
0: Well, and and if you've experienced it, you know, like whatever got hammered, that's not something you want to put on your corn on corn ground for sure. Correct. I mean, maybe, maybe still do some first year corn if it's rotating out of like alfalfa or something where there's less likely to be the inoculum. But, you know, you kind of got to use your own common sense for a little bit till the seed companies and catch up
2: like we said it's avoid the highly susceptible ones that's what the yeah. goal sort of it or, or maybe place them like Matt said in a certain spot and yeah I I I hope more seed companies would could eat at least have an addendum or something to give us a guide of of what they saw out there because like I said I, I know it's not gonna be perfect but it at least it's something to go off of versus any versus nothing and looking at the um, NK Book and basically there's a one one variety that ranked a one entire spot um a few twos lots of threes and lots of fours and a couple five you know so in general you know there was certain ones um one nko 440 that we've seen get it in the past that's rated a four so that makes sense like it they seem plausible their ratings too and I, that's the thing is like we said, it's so new that any information is good and helpful, and we can use that to, to base you know like decisions on and how to place it and stuff. So um, that, like I said, I'm just really glad that at least some some or one that I found so far came up with a rating on that.
0: Well, it's interesting just looking at this seed guide section that you shared, and and it does make some sense. A lot of the early days are ones or twos because they're a shorter season. So you, you don't have as long of a season to to get it's it. Projects, and, sure. and it seems to go up as you get it. But then you still got like some 102-day stuff that's a two. So, you know, you can kind of help yourself there too. And knowing that the longer season that's a lower rating, that's probably a really good one to have because it's going to have the least susceptibility to it if you're looking for longer decor. The last thing to do, so um,
2: once you get kind of past hybrids, it's fungicides. And um, they did have some fungicides got like a two EE label, um, basically like a emergency type of label to manage tar spot or to you know show their ratings on tar spot. One thing I thought was interesting is there was like a double star by the tar spot, and it said fungicide application timing is exp- extremely important and needs to be made near the onset of the tar spot symptoms. Effic- efficacy ratings based on limited site locations from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. So one thing to think about is, you know, these are these are very, you know, based on limited results, based on you know, using something like that tar spotter app and knowing like, okay, this is when it's probably gonna come. I'm gonna spray now, um, not spraying too early or too late because I, I think, you know, if you're not close to when you need to spray, kinda like a white mold scenario too that if you miss the window of spraying for it, it, it just doesn't really work. Um, so, some to think about. And there's some they got, you know, like Lucento, which is a FMC product, is rated. Um, there's a, some that are kind of good to very good, which is Quilt XL, Triva Pro, Approach Prima. Like I said, Lucento, Delaro, Mir- Mirvis Neo, Headline Amp. Um, so... You can find some out there that are, you know, rated better for it, but there's there's stars to these ratings that we really don't know quite how good they are, and they might just be keeping that plant healthier to kind of defend for it, but they're not actually defending, you know, you for the tar spot. Not all
0: products have two EE labels in all states. Yes. So so that's true. You got to watch your state even. Sure. I don't know if that. Wonder how much of a difference it is, or I, right, it's just the the labeling process, right?
2: So, yes, there's a lot of kind of stars when it comes to that, and just watch outs in general. I would say, where, where I did use fungicide, and I didn't have enough out there as far as plots to say which one worked better or worse. Just in general, where we use fungicide, it, it, it helped. Um, it and like I said, did it help actually with tar spot? I don't know, it might just help keep that plant healthier that it could have kind of defended off so you know it's one thing to think about for next year like we said if if you got a more susceptible variety you know maybe try the fungicide on that or if if it's corn on corn on corn and you've had it there then use a fungicide there so just something to kind of manage around and and be thinking about
0: all right so there you go there's tar spot for you it's a newer disease not lot we know about it but the more we learn every year the more we can kind of work around it and start to gain a strategy for it I, w- so. I
2: would say the the final show because on some of the stuff I was looking at even on
0: egg talk
2: there's enough on egg talk um, wasn't a lot a lot but the, the the farmer help on this we actually really do need because I, I think the industry is behind so anything farmers have seen or you know like just even anecdotal data would help a lot right now. When you got something new like this, like literally a lot of the stuff we're spitting out is just sort of your textbook, like here's what you do when well, you I,
0: have this disease. I think a lot of the seed reps will tell you that most guys aren't too shy when they if they see I, something get pounded, they're going to they, tell the w- seed rep they, about it. Yeah, which you should, which and, you should, and it's helpful. Correct. I mean, it really is helpful. That's, I think, how some of these ratings are going to get there as well as just hearing from the farmer that, hey, this... Got destroyed on my farm from Tire Spotlight. Yeah. What, and, what's going on? And
2: I would say farm, it was really on their radar a month ago. Um, and looking at egg Talk, it was more there. And like this last time was page in three, I was paging three egg Talk, you know, there's one post on it. So, and maybe you guys are just sick of talking about it. <laughs> but like I said, if there's something you've seen that somehow worked, that is out of the ordinary or, or something like that, um, that's the kind of info we actually need pretty bad is how, how what are some things that all of a sudden worked that. That aren't necessarily explainable, but but you've just seen enough data that showed you that it could work. So
0: Yeah, and we'll see what this winter does. You know, like we talked about earlier, maybe this winter was a the oddball with the mild winter that helped spread the spores a little bit more and you know, this year we'll see better results. Who knows? Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So the first prescriptive on planter seed treatment solution has been unveiled. It's going to be available for 2022. So, Inflection Point Technologies LLC and Mako have announced a business relationship that will. They're partnering to put out this new Pop ST technology on planters. The Pop ST is allowing you to put on seed treatments in the planter. So you're going to be able to cover your seed on the go. Uh, Does it say like you'll have like a couple different?
2: You know, you have like three seed treatments, and then you just push like I want this one
0: now, or is it more like it doesn't go into that level of specifics? Okay. Just says it's uh, research planters with pop st technology will be available for spring 2022 with commercial kits. Looking at spring 2023, uh, so they're looking at doing biological seed treatments. That'll go right across the top of already treated seed too. So if there's something else you want to add to it, seems like I'm. I guess I'm thinking more like a, for sandhill cranes. Why am I blanking oh, on it? Yeah. you know, you could put uh, Avipel in probably. the in in the planter, some of that kind of stuff. I, I mean, other I'm sure uh, you know fungicide and insecticide too. But I think they're looking at um, kind of eliminating the need to purchase seed with the potential of not being able to return because it it's specifically treated so their technology will enable a broader spectrum of biological and niche treatments to be applied directly over the top of already treated seed was the quote from the article our pop st technology increases the number of valuable technologies a farmer can apply to seeds compared to current practices POP-ST is the first on-seed application technology enabling farmers to maintain biological seed treatments in their optimal state till they are deployed real-time in a field to deliver farmers the most value. So you also don't have to worry about when was it treated. You know that the treatment's fresh. It's keeping it... Keeping it real. Keeping it fresh.
2: Yeah. It's interesting that it's Almeco That might not be a company that many farmers have heard of that's a... They basically sell like research equipment mm-hmm. for um, research planters, research combines. Um, Derek and I were actually out there in August. Look, they're they're in Nevada, Nevada, Iowa. <laughs> ah, not, yeah, not the state no, of Nevada, no, Nevada, Nevada, Iowa. Yeah, it's quite the the big little city. Nevada. Yes, no. So they're they're um and then they teamed up with this Inflexion pointer, however you I don't know. It's in there's not much on that company's website to say. I don't. I've never heard of them or what yeah. they're. Well, also. and
0: they did say that the first, ba- first batch will be research planters, and then okay, the co- sure. In twenty twenty two, and then twenty twenty three, they're looking at putting out commercial kits. Yep, so They're going to try sense. it first on the research end. All right. Now let's move into the egg history minute. I love the banjo. Nineteen seventy. Corn epidemic. The southern corn leaf blight epidemic of 1970 71 was one of the most costly disease outbreaks to affect North American agriculture, destroying 15% of the crop at a cost of $1 billion. Uh, by 2015 standards, that'd be $6 So, give you a little bit closer idea of the value there, it's resulted from an over reliance on cytoplasmic Texas male sterile. Lines and hybrid seed production. Catch that, Max?
1: Yeah, I I caught that.
0: So the male line was used too much, and natural mutation of a race of southern corn leaf blight, bipolar matus, that for years was seldom an economic impact. This mutation, discovered in the Philippines in 1961, first appeared in the Corn Belt in 1969, damaging not only leaves but stalks, ears, and developing kernels of hybrids containing the CMST genetics. Sound familiar? (laughs) Right. (laughs) A favorable environment combined with greater than 85% of the hybrids being grown with that specific genetics set the stage for an epidemic. The CMST was discontinued in 1971 and hybrid seed production returned to using detasseling for the female parent. This serves as a warning to the seed production business never to purify the genetics of our crops to suggest or such an extent that this again happens and we want to preserve genetic diversity so i think what's interesting is yeah the basically they didn't
2: have to detassel anymore like this male hybrid like they just could let it out there and they didn't have to detassel the the females then and it just most of the industry started going that way. I think it was Funks I found didn't for some reason. And they had like so they had the only really the good varieties. Well, there, not, well some yeah, of the only varieties. Well, I'll put it this way is they didn't – all their eggs weren't in that basket. So sure. they they didn't sell like they had any, whereas most of the other companies had like some using that um, just because it was easier and cheaper and stuff. And, yeah, it it basically now is kind of why you still see – you know, in, and seed corn production, it's very manual labor with it's detasseling. detasseling that yep, and, you know, just that's why is because of this epidemic, you know, that, that they found you, you still need that genetic diversity is really important and just having it a true hybrid like that. So, and like Matt said, it, it's a little bit, you know, 50 years ago and it's kind of a similar, even that the, the, the Latin disease has that end my matus yeah, but well, I like the first one yeah, bipolar matus is
0: a, that's a pretty cool Latin name actually, <laughs> Southern corn leaf blight bipolar matus. all right, Todd, what are you got yeah, for so us?
2: thanks for all our listeners, please subscribe to the podcast, and all we ask is you tell a farmer friend, so tell him. Hey, did you hear about tar spot and all the fun new diseases? They talk about all this exciting new stuff. So if you like what you hear, all we ask is you tell a farmer friend. And how they can find us is you search Tilt Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts and then hit the subscribe button. Or on Android, we like Podcast Addict, Podbean, or Player FM as the apps we use to listen to podcasts. And there as well, you hit the subscribe button and we'll be on your phone. The other way that actually works good is you can listen on your computer or smartphone browser, and there you go to tilthegg.com slash podcast. And, you know, over 100 episodes strong, so we must be
0: good, right? We're We'd, prolific, we, yes. <laughs> if, if nothing else. We just won't stop. Um, Matt, where can they follow us? Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. So now we'll wrap things up with some cool beans that's corny. So cool beans.
1: Cool
0: Beans. Cool Beans? Sorry, I'm not used to building Cool Beans. beans. Cool Beans. It throws off for timing. Yeah. Yeah. He, Todd was unprepared. All right. So our Cool Beans this week. Consumers finding comfort in ice cream and butter during the pandemic as USDA shows dairy demand hitting new high. So just like in the movies, apparently a runner's going to their freezer, grabbing a pint of ice cream and wallowing in their sorrow and mowing down on some ice cream. And the dairy industry thanks you for <laughs> choosing that as your comfort food. That's got a cool chart on here where, you know, per
2: capita consumption you've kind of seen a downward trend from two thousand and kind of a blip up, you know, right at the end, yep. that we're back to like 2014
0: levels. Whereas butter has been more of a steady rise when Just you look because, at that.
1: yeah, because margarine was cool. Or margarine. Oh, that's why I was
2: trying to figure that margarine, out. Right? <laughs> yeah, margarine. yeah. Well, yeah,
0: it was the whole heart healthy. Like, yeah, margarine is better.
1: Margarine got really big, and then we're like, hold on a second.
0: Till we found out, oleo too much oleo gives you diarrhea, and think- then. Do you think the Butter Burger had something to do with that? Like if we put a chart of Culver's rise
2: (laughs) from like 2005 to 2020, do you think it's like the
0: exact same?
1: I do think... uh,
0: When did they start deep fried butter at at fairs? fairs. (laughs) It was probably in there somewhere too.
1: I would think that some of the butter consumption going up a little bit during the pandemic is so many more people are at home cooking.
2: Yeah, they have been a lot more baking. Restaurants use a lot of butter though.
0: They do. Oh, a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but think how many people are at home cooking now that we're just getting, you know, cheeseburgers. Uh, yeah. Think, well, like, when, you, yeah. When, when you're cooking at home, you're not, you're when the recipe calls butter. for butter or margarine.
2: Like, yeah, you're chucking it in.
1: You're chucking butter in, dude. You're not doing margarine. Get that, get that junk out of here.
2: It shows that fluid milk was kind of level, but then all the other categories, yogurt, cheese, ice cream, butter, you know, all took a blip. Blip
0: went up yeah so there you go keep eating those dairy products alright that's corny this week ransomware strikes an AG auction network so over the weekend an agricultural company was victim of a ransomware attack recently food supply chains have seen attacks as well as hospitals. Sandhills Global, which operates many agricultural trade and auction websites, announced its online operations were disrupted by the attack. The Nebraska-based company operates several affected websites. Like Tractor House so is the main one. Yeah. Track, tractor House Truck is Paper, down. Tractor House, Auction Time, Machinery Trader, Forestry Trader, High Bid, Rental Yard, Motorsports, Universe, Crane Trader, Market Book, RV Universe, Oil Field Trader, Aircraft that one must be a fun one. Livestock Market Controller and Aircraft.com were all affected. Did you know there's RV Universe? That sounds
1: awesome. Right I do high I I have the high app. Okay.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Tractor House is the main one that I. Yeah. I
1: I still like to look through a Tractor House magazine every once in a while. Just see what's going hard on. to find. Uh, I think it's funny that an agriculture company calls themselves Sandhills Global.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that.
0: That's uh, the parent company. Who knows? Yeah. Because they have obviously these aren't all agricultural focused websites either. Motorsports universe, RV Universe, Aircraft yeah. and Aircraft.com. Crane Trader. So they're they're working in a Crane Trader. A pretty wide market. It's more of an auction, I think, in general than specific to ag
1: I just don't get the sandhills thing. Are they in the sand hills? Like is there sandy hills in Nebraska? Or are they just really big fans of cranes?
0: can't say that I know much about Nebraska to, to tell you if there's sand hills if there.
1: Only, only Jeff was here.
0: But it's their ba- at their base in Lincoln, Nebraska. Maybe they like to eat sandhill cranes. Ribeye <laughs> in the sky. Ribeye in the sky. I don't know.
1: They are illegal to hunt in a lot of other states, just not ours.
0: It said it started out as the Pede Corporation. I think Sandhills was probably an improvement. Yes,
2: P-E-E-D.
0: Over P-E-E-D. And
2: Tom and Rhonda Pede founded Sam. Oh, it's, a,
0: it's their name. Yes. Wow. Interesting.
2: I can't find one. And they changed to Sandhills Global. But
0: So there you go. Always something with the ransomware striking somewhere now. It's hitting our online auction sites. But... That'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys.
1: Thanks for having us, Matt.
0: We talked about tire Spot today. In our spotlight, we looked at some upcoming seed treatment technology for your planter. Egg History Minute, we talked about the 1970 corn epidemic. And Cool Beans, that's corny. We looked at ransomware attacks on egg auction companies and increase in dairy demand for dairy products. So thanks for listening. And as always, happy farming.